Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Science of Pokemon. I am your host, Veteran Lucas, and with me today is Professor Collins. How you been, Professor? Batty. Ha <laughs> ha! Right off. off the right off the bat. Ah, eh, you're not the you're not the only one who can do that. Uh, right. How does a girl vampire flirt? I, I I don't know. She bats her eyes. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's clever. That's nice. All right, so for those who have not realized... Tonight is the night of dad jokes. <laughs> it, is a jo- it is a jokey night, but it's also the night that we are going to be studying bats. We're finally going to get into bats. It's the Halloween season. We are totally going to dig in. Well, Mary Shelley would be angry. Mary Shelley did Frankenstein, and we can I get know what she Frankenstein did. one day. I know what she did. I'm well aware of what she did. <laughs> But for now, it's Bram Stoker's night. We will give him his due. Uh, so uh, for those wondering, Fisherman Don had to run away with an emergency. So he sends his heartfelt regrets and some more bat jokes. We'll see if we can throw them in. Anyway, cue the music. All right, guys, so before we get into the bats, we got to get into our news. So for science news, I found this was really cool. Uh, so the Nobel Prize in Chemistry was just awarded to a man by the name of John B. Goodenough. Uh, that is his last name. I checked. And it, um, He'd be good enough for sure. Oh, he's pl- he more than lived up to the name. Honestly, I think he did this just to make his sure. Parents, his parents are just like, yeah, you're, you're good enough. <laughs> he needed to prove himself better. He's the inventor of the lithium-ion battery. And I think that's something that should be recognized. A lot of times when people hear the Nobel Prize, they think, oh, so the Peace Prize. Like, no, no, there are other cooler awards too. Uh, there are awards for a lot of stuff. And this guy definitely deserved it. You all have it lithium ion batteries in your cars phones everything now it's how most things are powered this guy definitely deserves his due so that's it's a short science news but it's one that i gotta respect the man well done mr good enough you are more than good enough for us and now for pokemon yes. news i believe uh we have a new plush for you to purchase <laughs> yeah you're gonna uh, go- buy that thing um i'm actually debating it we got a awesome 24 hour stream if you can call it that um you mean the lo-fi hip-hop oh there might be something here i, I gotta say from a marketing yeah. standpoint making me wait 24 hours for a pokemon to show up is not fun well i think i think the kind of ploy there was to kind of almost do it like you do like with those hidden like nature cams if you get a good shot of it you if you can control how many things show up you could have had a lot more fun with it i I wish they had put some more stuff in it but in the end we got our ponyta yeah i mean it's it's really cool I, i mean i'm pretty happy about that you know it's uh it's adorable unicorn and i know a lot of people are like angry they're like oh it should be a fairy and not psychic but like unicorns in mythology have had like you know, sometimes like telekinetic things. And its ability seems really fun. Like I'm I'm not the double battler in this group, but that seems like a really fun ability to make sure you could just tank any poison. I I, I have been very happy with a good majority of the abilities we've been getting this time around. I think they did really good with a lot of these abilities that they are genuinely trying to influence some of the meta. I think that's cool, good. I mean, we, we want that. We want more competitive viability. Yeah, I, I just want to see what they do with Rapidash. I think the psychic typing is going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just think of, like, the unicorns in, like, D&D, and they're, like, tele, you know, they're telekinetic, and they have telepathy, and they can read minds and stuff. 
So it kind of makes sense to me. That's my I mean, opinion. yeah, it, it it's mythology. So, I mean, I, I was already reading someone. People are already defending, yeah. like, ah, 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 unicorn horns were said to cure poison, so this counts too. So people are already like us. They're well into this lore. But also, I think it should be noted that, like, we're recording this October 10th. Like, we are really close. Like, we're getting there, man. Uh, we have one more piece of news, though, if you didn't see the cool ponytail. October 19th, ladies and gentlemen, you better be joining us. We are having a very interesting day. Um, at this point, I am currently setting up a, there's like a six-hour streaming event where we'll be fundraising. And then our, our VGC tournament. And if you, seriously, even if you're not a competitive player, come check it out. I mean, it's like seven bucks and the money goes to charity. And if you join the Mount Silver Discord, any one of them will help you. Or you can message me on Discord. I'm in there too. Don is in there too. Like, we'll happily come help you build a team. Um, yeah, I mean, even hit us up on Twitter. Like, you know, we want you guys to come join. It's going to be a fun tournament. Is it possible? Can I, like, sneak in? Can I sneak in just, like, fake name? Like, yeah, help me. I'm not... I am not Lucas. I mean, my five-year-old's... Your five-year-old can probably crush me. I'm way out of practice. <laughs> She's pretty good. Um, yeah, so uh, there's that. The other thing is that we have all these amazing donated items, like legit custom plush, and we're going to be raffling them off that day on October 19th. Um, you uh, Ticket sales should go up uh, this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So they should be up by the time you guys are listening to this. But we'll have that up there. And honestly, please, you know, come support. Again, we're raising money for sick kids. You know, we're halfway to our goal, which is pretty awesome. Um, and the fact that we still have all this time. I think it would be great if we made a pretty good impact here. And I just want to say th thank you to everyone for all the support. Uh, this has been pretty, pretty great. You know, uh, it's nice that we had an opportunity in, in May to decide which direction we wanted our podcast and network to go. And you, veteran Lucas, you and I decided that we wanted to, you know, more of the giving back aspect and, and you know, really not making profit off of it. We just, yeah, let, this is our hobby. We do this for fun. But if our hobby can make someone else's life better, no skin off my nose, I want people to just get something yeah, out of this. I think if, that's, I think, I think that's what makes me keep doing this is that. I'm happy that we've been able to do all these wonderful things. Uh, other other last minute news: we are invited to Ohio Wizards convention. <laughs> is it a convention for wizards? Uh, it is run. It's a large convention. It's one of the largest ones in the country. It's like next to Comic Con. It's like the second largest convention company. Um, we are presenting a panel on October nineteenth at two. So I will be in like six places at once that day. <laughs> Oh, please. But, God be with you, my friend. Good luck. Yeah, but if you're in Ohio, come check it out. It's going to be cool. I'm super stoked. Uh, I'm going to try to go meet Carrie Ellis while I'm there. Ooh, that sounds fun. Well, while you plan that meet, let's go ahead and start the top. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Uh, that is that's amazing. <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's just go into the bats because this I've been so excited to talk about this. Let's just roll right in. All right, so let's get to this very October-themed episode of Bats. Now, Bats, um, are you 
You good? Yeah, you know, uh, my my 19-month-old is obsessed with Halloween. Your 19-month-old has good taste. But for me, I love bats because how not scary they are after you get to study them. Hopefully, people see that. So next to rodents, these guys are the second most dominant mammal groups on the planet. They belong to a group called Chidoptera, which is Greek for hand wing. Uh, There are over 1,200 species of bats bats on the planet they are on every single continent except for antarctica uh, now their sizes can be very different you can have two bats that weigh like two grams or you can have bats that weigh over three pounds these things can be massive tiny live in trees caves building structures and a lot of people call them flying rats which is it's really inaccurate when you look at the the genetic tree of life they're actually closer related to pangolins than they are to rats what yeah no take a look it's great they are technically closer cousins to the pangolin than rats which is why we look at genetics and not phylogenetics when we are studying animals animals we do not look at what they look we live in america we don't look at actual science anymore oh yes we do we're still here and we'll still try here's where it gets weird though normally this would be where i would jump in and go oh here's all these fossils from the past but um normally we'd have something with a little bit more structure to it the oldest bat fossils we find are about 55 million years but because they have such weak bones they don't fossilize all that well and that means we don't have any proto bats we don't have any mid stages left because there just haven't been any fossils or, that have turned up we don't know they magic and just appeared one day the point is like it, it's hard to tell where they were but we know they're here so they are also the only flying mammal the only true flying mammal uh, a study was done on their flight pattern to see exactly how they could fly and what made them so unique and because their their flight mechanism, they have very flexible fingers. It's just extensions of their fingers with special skin flaps on it. They that flexible membrane allows them to twist and turn, and their joints can move independently of each other. So that means that they can pull some pretty good stuff. Like birds are some of the fastest flyers, but the bats can make a 180 degree turn in midair. No bird can do that. No other vertebrate can pull that stunt off. They can move so well so acrobatically because their specialized limbs give them that ability they can change the vortexes of air in underneath the membrane too so they're very complicated flyers so they didn't just slouch into this they went whole ham they're really good at aerobatics i'm going to just keep a chart i want to see how many jokes you can actually do that so in science we divide bats up into two groups they're big science name for them but i'm just going to use the common name so we have the micro bats and the megabats, which I just think are awesomely wonderful lazy names that say exactly what you Wait, need them to be. Isn't that that includes like the flying foxes and crap? So megabats are in the uh, are the flying foxes. So megabats eat fruit. They are obviously tensing they're much larger than the microbats normally. Uh, they actually don't use echolocation, and that's probably because fruit doesn't run away. But um, they do have instead excellent vision and smell to make up for it. The microbats are what you think of when you think vampire bats. Uh, these are mostly carnivores, small in size, have lots of echolocation to them. So both these groups of bats have their own thing, but that already knocks one myth right out the gate. Bats do not all use echolocation. And we'll get into that more when we get to the Pokemon. This is more your speed, though, Professor. This is... The culture of bats. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is? Do you know how hard it is to find bats that are registered as good deities or good spirits? No, they're not liked. 
They're not, not by anybody. Like in Europe and Aztec cultures, both, even across the world, they're seen as death and darkness. Uh, the Creek and Cherokees saw them as tricksters. Um, actually, it was China that saw them as good fortune. And the Zapotec culture in the Mesoamerica, they had a bat god that was the provider of corn and fertility. So there were some mixes, but most cultures do not like bats. And it's easy to see why. For all of human history, except for recently, we have been slaves to the dark. We don't like going out in the dark. We can't see in the dark. We can't hear as well in the dark. If something is able to live really well in the dark, we probably aren't going to like it too much. Yeah. That's, I mean, we're also like super, you know, very superstitious. I mean, if you saw a bat for the first time flying at you, I, I would probably be pretty terrified too if I had yeah. no idea what it was. Fair enough. Now, of course, the most the most common bat thing we have currently are vampires and vampire bats, particularly gang trade. You know more about the books than well, I do. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of mythos there. Um, so, like, I don't. It's hard to really date like where it really comes from because a lot of the pre-vampire stuff comes out of like you know the late 1500s and you know these beliefs around like demons and stuff um we do see especially in like eastern europe a lot of the beliefs starting to appear somewhere around the 1700s um and then i think like the first written description of them as vampires does show up somewhere around the 1700s you know it's it's it is one of those things that we think about in modern culture that you're like, oh, you know, there's anime and there's folklore from Mexico. But like a lot of that comes from mixing with European folklore. Um, so it's very interesting to see that this like phenomena spread because we don't think of like, you know, Japanese yokai really spreading in, in the West. <laughs> like, you know, it's not as influential, I guess, is the way to think about it, which is really cool. Um, I just want to point out, though, there is an amazing book called Carmilla. Do you know Carmilla? Carmilla? I've heard the name. I know yeah, this book. Yeah, yeah. It's an Never awesome, it. uh, uh, it, it's an, it's a very good uh, book talking about, you know, contemporary views of homosexuality with vampires. <laughs> and it predates uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is pretty cool. And yeah, I mean, so it's about like a young woman uh, who's preyed upon by a vampire named Carmilla. So... Huh, I kind of wonder what history would be like if we had jumped on that instead of Bram Stoker. Uh, it would be much more romantic and not as much like people being creepy. Yeah, not as much of people wrecking ships on the coast and kidnapping women. But yeah, Bram Stoker's yeah, Dracula yeah. is – it's the idea of vampires that we have today. It's the major culture. It is I don't know. I think, of, I, think of, I think of Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think of or the Nosferatu. book, not the movie – I, I think I am Legend or Blade. Those are my two like oh, go-to vampires. I am Legend's not vampire. Those are zombies. No, no, no. That's I am Legend. The movie I am Legend. The book is actually focused on vampires. I actually read a book. I read a paper on vampires for oh. my senior paper in high school. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> the goth chick really hated me in class because I took her favorite topic, but I took it because it was easy. And there it goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hate me if you want. I got an A on that paper. No, you shouldn't. You should, dude. That's when you you know you, you like asked a girl out. Come on. Come on, everyone. Cheer on Fender Lucas. He needs our help. We don't got game so, there, buddy. That's 
That's when you're like, oh, hey, I got I'm a game. Writing, it's I'm called writing, I'm writing this paper on vampires. I know you like vampires. Do you want to work with me? No, nah, no. She she hated my guts. Anywho, because so you did, you back didn't on track. Her to work with you. Anywho, they their powers vary widely, but the most common thing you'll find in vampirism is that they drink blood or steal life energy. There's even a Chinese vampire that steals key. Well, yeah, but again, just, like, just there's just a lot of that, stuff, that though, but, like these. Uh, a lot of these, like you know, Eastern vampires, don't appear until after we see it appear in Western culture. Oh, I checked with the China one. This one was actually before that. Oh, really? This one was actually before the European expansion or any of that stuff. Huh. So unless some random ancient Roman came up with it, like oh, is this, is this the like, uh, the uh, was it Jiangxi? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how old that was though. I mean, it's yeah. It's definitely older than the mass expansion of it, but it is out there. And I think one of the sad thing about bats in general is that all of this just stems to the fact that we see them as negative. But bats have oh, like it up. so it's from the the Qing Dynasty, uh, which would be like late 1600s. There was some Europeanism, but not like as much. Yeah, I they mean, didn't really. Yeah. I mean, don't don't forget that like you know explorers coming across during the 14 to 1500s. We're doing so because originally the idea was to find routes to China and India. That is very yeah. true. I mean, you there are was correct. clearly some cultural. I'm not saying that Europe caused uh, Jiangxi, but I'm just saying, like, you know, don't forget that we, we don't talk about it a lot in history, but, like, it's not like Europeans haven't been interacting with, like, Chinese cultures for since, like, you know, the 1300s. No, that <laughs> makes you're right. You're right. Genghis Khan, you know, uh, Alexander the Great, you know, there were interactions sorry to, to wrap this all up <laughs> the reason i love talking about this stuff no I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because i i love talking about this because again people see bats as monsters people see them as creatures of the night but they have been saving our butts forever uh, lie loves them so much that we have a bat box on the biggest tree in our backyard oh get out that's yeah. lovely yeah it was a gift from my mother who like always hates supporting lies like weirdness but she was like, okay, I guess I can support this one. <laughs> so you'll love this as the economics guy here. They save us billions oh, yeah. of dollars Pollination. in revenue for pest controls. Pest and their poop, their guano, makes for amazing fertilizer. Like that stuff can help grow well, not, so much. There's so much phosphorus in there. Not to it's mention so the good. economic value of pollinating fruits and vegetables. <laughs> there's a lot of value in that. I mean, it's predicted if, if bats and like bees were, were gone, like the, the world economy would collapse. <laughs> There's also the whole thing like, oh, they carry rabies, they'll bite you. Like they very rarely ever carry rabies. Like your dog is more likely to carry well, rabies, so they're not. Kill you than a shark. <laughs> but but as yeah, humans, a as vending a machine human, is more likely to kill you than a shark. As a humans, that we have this cognitive dissonance, and then we have these priming effects, and then we have you know these uh, habituation effects. You know, we tend to forget that the things that were around the most are, are probably more dangerous than the things that were not around. Very, very true. And on that note, I really want to get into this yes, Pokemon because I've had a really fun time researching this. Here we go. All right. What are you doing? Bat noises. Stop it. No. Stop it. You stop that right now. Anywho, uh, a quick question for you, though. Why does Zubat have no eyes? Is this another pun? No, I, I just generally want to know. Why does Zubat have no eyes? Because he doesn't need them. Why not? Because he echolocates. 
uh, okay, okay, that that's fine, but uh, uh, okay, hear me out. In our cave episode, we talked about and we, how we, we, we've established that Pokemon doesn't understand science. <laughs> they don't, but hear me out. When we've established that cave animals will go ahead and live deep underground and some of them will lose their eyes so that is a deep cave animal thing that's totally something that happens but with bats they're in real life they're not true cave dwellers they hang out in caves to survive and spawn but after that they they do fly away so zubat seems to be like an extreme bat like a bat who just can only live in caves can only live in that darkness and it got rid of its eyes but this goes to a big misconception that people have on bats. Bats are not blind. They are not blind. In fact, a good number of bats have vision that's better than yours. They are not blind. They have amazing hearing. No, it's like a dolphin. That can't just be true. A... I've seen this great movie called Batman Forever. <laughs> okay, first off, if you're going to pronounce any Batman movie, you better make it Batman Return of the Joker. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker was a brilliant piece what? of cinema. Anywho, you not watch Batman Beyond Return of the Joker? That yeah, and they ruined Tim. No, they, they did not. Tim Robin. was ruined from the start. What? He's my favorite Robin. Tim was ruined from you. the start. <laughs> Red Hood's my favorite Robin. You could fight me I on that. I don't want to. He's lame. Oh, he's not lame. He's got guns. Anywho, with um with bats, there's this again. It's like dolphins. Just because they have amazing hearing doesn't mean they have ama- They don't have amazing eyesight too. They have. Well, like oh, wait, owls, they can owls see. have good hearing too, and they have great eyesight. Like. You have to you have to expect things that are predators and especially nocturnal to have a combination of senses. They also really took the whole like Dracula weakness of daylight literally. It's because in the Pokedex it talks about how they have a weakness to daylight. Like the second that a bat goes out, it fries up in the sun and has to go hide away. But real bats do not. It's not that they're scared of the sun. It's that all the food that they hunt is at night. And they just spent all night hunting. They've had a long night. They just need to get some sleep. So why on earth would they ever be up during the day? Zubat to me is like the first bat you see, but it pretty much just all the myths and misconceptions about bats rolled up into one. It's it's a Pokemon on its own, and I really wish I had packed some repel to deal with this gosh darn thing <laughs> over my childhood. But I just uh, just but it does evolve into Golbat and Crobat which have their own series of wonderful problems. They are both based on vampire bats. So what do you know about vampire bats? Anything at all? They suck blood out of wounds. But not really suck. They like lap it up, don't they? It's a scrape and lick. Yeah. So how it works for a real vampire bat, their teeth are razor sharp. Like so sharp, if they bite into you, you don't even feel it. They create a wound at the precise spot they need to, and they're able to find that spot because vampire bats have a heat sensor in their nose. That means that they can literally track down warm-blooded animals, complete darkness, even without echolocation, they could still be able to find their prey. They find the right spot, they bite, and then they lap it up. Their entire body is built for this stuff. Like, they literally have a special digestive system for blood. They have a... uh, You do? Yes. I've been hanging out with that golf okay. girl. <laughs> so, with and we did the entire pet puns, and this is all we're going to be making jokes about all night now. Thank you very much. Oh, I hate you. I hate you so much. So, with the bat's tongue, with their tongue, their tongue is actually able to have special grooves on it that will actually suck in the blood faster. They have 
uh, saliva that can stop the blood from clotting. And so they can just keep lacking up blood. Uh, they can drink about one ounce of blood like in a session. That's a lot of blood for a bat their size. They're tiny little suckers. Uh, the other thing I really like is that they, they can walk around. Like most bats aren't really good at walking, but vampire bats can actually hop around pretty effectively on the ground. It's actually really cute. I've actually seen videos of it. It's pretty adorable. It's adorable. Now let's turn to Golbat and Crowbat. They are monstrosities. <laughs> oh my god. You remember our first episode when we talked about a Crowbat can't fly? Yeah, I mean, it's too like big. He can't. Like he's, he's too big and his wings stink. Like You can't just add four wings and fly. Golbat is somehow worse because for some reason his teeth are kind of like a reverse rattlesnake as in it bites it in and it's like a mosquito it just sucks it up out of there apparently it can drink 10 ounces of blood uh but that doesn't make any sense considering how much they weigh they drink 10 ounces of blood and they get too fat to fly i'm like i'm, I'm sorry how much do you you weigh like over 50 pounds as a bat you should be able to drink more well, than we've that we've already discussed pokemon doesn't understand measurements yeah no they really don't but i like the idea that they, oh it gets too fat to fly real animals have a limit they know when to stop they're like eh, i don't that's not true okay granted humans are a little bit different but these guys actually will know when to stop so yeah, it is a scraping, licking action. They don't suck blood. Uh, the whole Silent Night thing, though, is actually um, it's really cool though. With Crobat, they say it can fly super. Lucas, it's not Silent Night. It's the Dark Night. Uh, the Dark Night. So they can fly in the Dark Night without making a single sound. Uh, and that's what Crobat can do. Real bats, obviously do make sound with the with the echolocation like i said vampire bats are micro bats they do have echolocation in order to survive but they are capable of sensing heat as well and it's not truly silent there are actually moths that have learned to um that have akin to the frequency of bats so that way they can find them so they're silent to us but to other things like things can hear them a mile away coming because literally all a bat is a micro bat is doing to find food is screaming at the top of its lungs and seeing what comes out of it wouldn't that be great if that's not human found food ah! i see you hamburgers over there hang on let me check how many clicks ah! uh you know we used to watch them as a kid really so uh you know it's really funny living near like near Lake Erie, our neighbors had a in-ground pool because that's the thing you do when you live near Lake Erie. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we used to watch. Uh, we used to watch them on our neighbors. Uh, they would swoop down, and we'd watch them swoop down and drink from the pool. It was really cool. I, I you know, I, I have a lot of good memories of watching them at night. And they were never afraid to go near people if they were swimming. Like if it was late and there was like there was like two people in the pool, they didn't care. They don't think. Yeah, they don't. They are. They don't mind us too much. Again, they don't attack us or anything, so they're really not going to mind. No. My, um, my personal favorite bat memory was when I'm walking from out of my house. Like They had to get us at school at like 7 in the morning, and so I had to be up at like 5. So I'm walking out of my house at like 5.30 in the morning, and I just hear a thump going up against my wall. This one, I don't know what bat this was, but he decided that he would not use his echolocation, and he was just running into the wall continuously. That is my bat memory. You know, um, the Cincinnati Zoo is really cool. They have and I know Cincinnati Lane. Oh no, I will never knock an Ohio Zoo. You guys have amazing facilities. God bless you. Yeah, no, Cincinnati and Columbus are. I'm not going <laughs> to say anything about the rest. But yeah, uh, anyway, uh, Cincinnati Zoo, uh, they have in their their uh, flying building, they have a room where where flying foxes are just like in there, and this is a building where you walk through. So they're like they're like you know right near you. And I remember the first time we walked in there, and we, we looked up and we we're like, oh my god, like. 
they're like right there, like ten feet above my head. Oh no, just, we'll we'll definitely get to them. They're so oh, chill. We'll, oh, we're gonna get to the flying foxes. I promise. For now, though, yeah, let's All move right, on. Let's move on then. I'm sorry. No need to apologize. Before we get to um uh, to get to giant flying foxes, we have to go over the bats everyone forgot, and that is Woobat and Swoobat. I never so, forgot them. Mo most people did though. Most they're, people. They're based on. Oh my gosh, I can't think of what they are. They have those cute little noses. The heart-nosed bat. That's it. Yeah, they have that weird um, fungus that's like killing them off, right? Yeah, they're not. They're not doing so well. They're like amphibians in that they are sensitive to that sort of thing. I will. I wish the best for them. I hope. Yeah, we can they're like super cute, out. and I know. Um, yeah, I thought they like weren't doing well because my my kid has a bunch of books on bats. Yeah, with um, with a lot of bats around the world, they're not doing so well. But in the Pokemon world, uh, this thing is actually doing okay for itself. Uh, even if most people forget it. So they are based on the heart-nosed bat, so they didn't really have to go really far for it. Now, in the Pokedex, Woobat is said that its nose will be used to sucker onto walls, which is obviously not a, a thing that would be very helpful, but it doesn't have any uh, legs, so I could see why it would need them. Uh, with, um, with real bats, they have special joints in their legs that allow them to bend and twist and get some really good grips and allows them to hang upside down. That's why they can do it, that they have these very special limbs and, of course, specialized circulation to make sure that the blood doesn't all go rushing to their heads. So when they um, – it does say that in, the Wubat will sucker onto you and gives you good fortune. I think that ties into Chinese culture and their view on bats because the Chinese view – Interaction with bats is good luck. So if you got suckered on with one, like, ah, it got me. Hey, I'm going to get a lotto ticket. Like, it's just good luck for you. Uh, but the real heart-nosed bats, um, they um, how do I put it? They actually have eyes. In fact, out of a lot of the micro bats, they have some of the largest eyes. Uh, more like swoo bats, really. So they do need echolocation, but they actually do have very large eyes. One thing that's weird is that one it has a tail, which this bat does not have a tail. There are plenty of bats that have tails. This is not one that has well, one. Well, I mean, maybe but, um, it's tails based on a different kind of bat. We've talked about that a lot of the Pokemon are based off of, like, you know, a multitude of things. Oh, I checked. There aren't any bats anywhere describing with that kind of tail. Their tail is, like, stubby. Think of it like um, like a pug's or something. Just It's small. It's barely used. But their um, mating call is interesting. It's Wubat's mating call. It says that if you hear it making a mating call, it puts you in a nice, pleasant mood. And I look into it, and it turns out there are many bats that are polygamous, but this is one of the few bats that is monogamous. So I think Pokemon ran with that and went for the whole true love, one true love angle that most people go for these days, where it's just like, oh, you only have, like, they will only mate with one bat, and every season they will try and find that bat again. They'll try and mate only with that one. Mm. There is one other thing in the Swoobat's little arsenal. Uh, so it says that it can use its tail to generate sound frequencies that can shatter concrete. Wait, what? So, I, yeah. Like, look it up. It is not – I'm not even how kidding. Is Apparently, Swoobat just – So, you know how you can have a musician shatter glass? Like, by singing? Not really, though, but yeah, okay. You can. It is possible it's to like, do – you can like hit a so... note and – it's it is possible, like you said though, it's so hard, difficult, you can't do it. But it is possible, and that's because you hit the resonant frequency. If you can hit the resonant frequency, you can shatter. That's the I'm not the sound physicist, but that is the general layman's description of it. And we actually use this technology to break rocks, except there are a lot smaller rocks, uh, kidney stones to be exact. 
uh, we actually, when you go in for a kidney stone exam, there are some doctors that will actually use um, an acoustic device that will disrupt and crack the kidney stones, which is really cool. Like, so we, we do use sound science to break stone, but uh, this isn't exactly practical for like, um, like the military isn't going to get a sound gun for a while because the power, the delicate the equipment needed, it's just not okay. practical. Still neat though. And now we can talk about your flying foxes because now we are talking about Neuvern. And I say this with all due respect, Neuvern sucks and I hate it. What? I hate, I hate its, it's design. It's so adorable. I hate its face. I hate its design and I hate its face. No. I, Forget I, you. Neuvert okay. and Neuvern are adorable. Here's my thing though. What they're based on is the flying fox. And everything they have said about the flying fox is horrendously wrong. Well, everything they every say about spectrum. most animals is wrong. We've established that. It is, but I've never like I love this bat and they somehow met, mixed it up. So you for know those what, who don't know what a flying fox You know fox, what, Lucas? You suck. Ha! Oh, we're back to the ha! vampire jokes ha! again. Ha! So these ones, the real flying foxes, don't suck. They are the three-pound bats with an over six-foot wingspan. These things are – oh, they do. Because they are megabats, they are going to pollinate all the Yeah, well, the you know what? Your hatred of, of this makes you a dingbat. Oh. May I finish? Yeah, you're the one who told me to do puns. I did, and I regret it. <laughs> the thing about Neuvern is it has tiny eyes and gigantic gigantic ears and all of the attacks are based on sound like just boom blast and sonic booms and supersonics and all that but flying foxes don't do that they don't echolocate in fact they evolved away the ability to echolocate they have large eyes and small ears in real life and instead of having a giant nose or they have a giant nose like their nose is ridiculously sensitive their head shape and stuff too yeah, and if you've ever seen one eat a banana, it is the cutest thing you will ever see in your Aww, life. Aw, they're adorable. I will probably post gifts of them after this episode comes out. Like, hey, I'm going to get attention for this episode, so here's a bat eating a, bat eating a banana. Good luck. It does is... it make you want to hang out with them? Yeah, it actually does. But it's also <laughs> weird because Pokemon had that chance because it mentions that, oh, they will feed on fruit. They will feed entirely. They, they mention that it's a fruit bat, but it's not – feeding like a normal fruit bat would um also for some reason it says it can generate sounds at about 200 kilohertz which is a lot humans can know come like nowhere close to that in any capacity but real bats can hear up to 217 kilohertz so real bats have an advantage in their ability to hear high pitch frequencies so they run that night uh, then the um the weird thing was Neuvern is also violent like, if you look at the Pokedex, it's like, oh, this animal is super violent and heck, heck, aggro, and it's going to rip your face off if you do things the wrong way. But real flying foxes can hang out of groups of up to 15,000. They yeah, are they, highly swarms social. Are, they're like huge swarms. Oh, and imagine giant three foot, six foot wingspan animals, all 15,000 of them, leaving a tree at once to go look for food. It is bizarre just how great they are. Like, they're just so social. And they're not the only ones. You remember the vampire bats? They actually have noticed that when they collect a meal, they will share blood with each other. Like, they will share – they are literally blood brothers because they will give blood to their kin. They will give blood to their cousin. That's phenomenal stuff. Like, I think that's really cool that they will be social and they will nurture and care for each other. And it goes against what everyone thinks of bats, including that goth chick in high school. 
bats are not symbols to me of the dark. They're not symbols to me of evil or treachery or trickery. They are symbols of an animal just surviving in some of the most unique way possible. And if people look past like a lot of those scary animals, you'll find that, I don't know, they're just not that scary. Crows are the least goth of all the birds, and so are ravens. I'm sorry, people. Spiders are not all that terrifying either. They just want to eat insects. It's so interesting to me to find out when i got my animal biology degree that all the animals people were scared of were actually pretty great and all the ones people loved oh, are monkeys are terrible. awful jeff uh jeff there are zookeepers who swear off monkeys and i do not trust a dolphin any more than i could throw one but i hope people understand when it comes to bats like the pokemon games have their bats and they're all their own mix of cool or bad or whatever you want. Like they all have their own place. But to me, I think bats in our world deserve that respect. There are bat foundations to go help them out. There are research facilities. My, one of my former bosses used to work with bats. She's in love with these things. They are wonderful creatures. So if you get the chance, stand out at night like Professor Collins did and look out. See if you can hear them. See if you can see them. They're one of the coolest things to get a chance to watch in the night sky. And on that, I think think we can go ahead and wrap up hey guys veteran lucas here so you might be thinking to yourself hang on i think they forgot a bat and you know what you're right i am recording this while i'm editing it because i realized that i in my note making forgot one of the most important bats in the game and that is on me so lunala the iconic monster of sun and moon i forgot it that's on me so before we wrap up the episode i wanted to make sure we give this pokemon its due so lunala is a bat now from a biology perspective there are two bats that it kind of takes some reference from so there's an extinct species called Cineporian. Sorry, let me try it again. Sinepmoporion. I'm so bad with these names. But it's apparently a relative to something called a ghost bat. So the ghost bats I had to look into, they are a species of bat that lives out in Australia. So it makes sense. A lot of times bats get to places the same way birds do by island hopping. And what was really cool is that the ghost bats in Australia are one of the only species of bats that feeds on large vertebrates. So they'll feed on things like lizards instead of bugs. So of course... Australia has the bat that feeds on bigger prey. Uh, then you have one that actually lives in Hawaii to this day, the Hawaiian hoary bat. And the Hawaiian hoary bat, not extinct like uh, Sineporian, this one is still around. It is an endangered species, but it's a very important bat because it is the only bat one of the only bat species sorry one of the only bat species found in Hawaii, and it is the state mammal. Now both these bats did receive their fair share of problems when people moved on to the island. Uh, from our extinct friend, we find that it went extinct roughly 2,000 years ago, and so people believe that people might have caused that. Now, for the Hawaiian hoary bat, we definitely know people were responsible for that one because during the age of all these people visiting the Hawaiian islands for trade and goods in the 1800s, it led to a lot of these bats losing their home. So these are two bats that are related to Lunala, and especially if something related to a ghost bat it's pretty similar now from a side of myth and legend you get things like demi bat gods all the time in mythology we talked about a few at the beginning but this is the one that a lot of people say it's related to the uh pela pela makalu which is an eight-eyed hawaiian demi 
god that um uh, in the stories of polynesian mythology uh maui fought so if you remember uh the movie moana not the greatest representation of the myth but they actually do have a deleted scene where they fight an eight-eyed bat or they see one it's pretty cool but to me, the coolest part is if you know Lunala's uh, full moon phase, it opens up that extra eye, and that could be a nod to that. There's also some interpretation in its cry, in that the cry is similar to the phrase uh, Mahina, which is uh, Hawaiian for moon, and it's pretty cool the fact that they, they took so much time and so much ways of inspiring this animal this creature again it just shows how awesome bats are sorry i forgot to put it in the notes lunala you are one of the good ones you're one of the boys sorry you're one of the girls i appreciate you being here so sorry for the mistake uh let's go back to closing this thing up so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode this is what i've wanted to do for can we all just admit that like Veteran Lucas is a little bit sour, and we need to set him up on a blind date. Possibly with that girl from his high school. <laughs> okay, uh, let's just choose. Uh, anywho, thank you guys again for supporting us. Thank you to our patrons who gave us our last two episodes. You guys were phenomenal. We had a ton of fun with those. Oh, I love yeah. Getting... And uh, oh, my... that said, um, <laughs> I have to find a way to get one of you at the end of the year, uh, one of our vintage the science Pokemon t-shirts because we officially got a letter <laughs> and we will be making the switch to Poke Science very soon. <laughs> whether, oh my, yes. Nintendo found us. Yep. Whether we want to or not. So we will become Poke Science. So stay tuned for that. Uh, for our patrons, one of you at the end of the year here, I'm going to make sure you get a special, the science Pokemon t-shirt that no one else will ever get. <laughs> Yes, because it is highly illegal to get it any other way. So <laughs> hooray us for giving away. Oh, God. Thank you guys so much. This has been a wonderful, wonderful episode to record. But again, if you want to help us out, like you always say, Professor, tell one friend. Support that's us that's on Facebook, literally the biggest media. way. And, and honestly, with these charity events coming up, please, even $2 donation, like it makes a big difference. If everyone who listens to our show – donated just a dollar we'd be able to help some yeah, kids we, out we'd, we'd be able be to make several, actually change several thousand dollars here pretty quick and i think let's prove that pokemon nerds care not just about national decks random but let's show the pokemon nerds actually want to help yeah people. i mean seriously seeing how many people showed up to that league cup last weekend when i was told it would only be like 15 and we got like 32 people like it made my day realizing that people and they, and ha- and like a good chunk of the people knew what they were coming there for I like that. I like knowing that we have a community that cares. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. All right, guys. So thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for. Sorry another... about all the bad jokes. <laughs> all the bat jokes. Come on, come oh, I'm on. I'm done. Right, I'm out. Forget that. Uh, get me out of here. Get me out. Cue the music. We're out of here.